Welcome back to the Profit Your Knowledge podcast. I'm your host, James Allen. Pumped to be hanging out with you today. Today we have an awesome entrepreneur coming in from San Diego, California, originally from Texas. His name is Cooper Heller. He is a personal trainer, nutritionist, life coach, and entrepreneur. And today we're going to talk about his journey and uh, just starting his entrepreneurship journey and what he has done to be able to to grow his business um, to support himself, you know, and just start his online business. It's it's always fun to hear from people who, you know, maybe aren't making like bazillions of dollars, but like the people who just took the courage to start the business and then be able to make something to be able to support themselves and their loved ones and whatnot. Uh, it seems more realistic and I, I think just a really fun kind of conversation. So anyway, how you doing today, Cooper? I'm doing fantastic, man. Sun's shining. We're, we're out here. So hell yeah, dude. I love San Diego. We were talking about that. Um, if I were to move from Petaluma, California, it would be San Diego or Colorado, but San Diego does have the beach. We talked about that. <laughs> Can't beat the beach, man. Um, cool dude. Well, yeah, let's kind of, uh, I just love to hear a bit more of your backstory and kind of where you were when you first started and then what, what it was like starting to go into personal training and, um, just coaching in general and where you're at now? Great question, man. Um, do you want me to start from the very beginning? Yeah. Let's not go too deep because it's a pretty short episode, but yeah, no, just quick <laughs> overview. Like, um, I guess what made you, what made you get, so what were you doing before, uh, mm-hmm. you started doing your coaching and, um, yeah. Yeah. So, um, I'll dive, I'll dive a little bit deeper because it'll make sense. Sure. But I grew up playing sports, played basketball, football, ran track. That's pretty much my life. Uh-huh. Um, long story short, cliff notes version. I actually broke my back doing deadlift, um, in off season for football junior year of high school. So during that time I gained about 50 pounds of fat. I got addicted to opioids and I was extremely depressed during that time. Um, and so that's what really kickstarted my self-development journey was that breaking point, literally going from varsity you know starting sports player to having to lay down high on drugs in class like every day Hmm. i don't remember pretty much anything for the span of a year that whole time um and so that's what kickstarted my self-development journey i started going to therapy and ultimately started researching all about nutrition you know obviously how to live properly that's what got me started uh pretty much going forward with my self-improvement ended up taking the whole college route um, after a few minor surgeries and uh, a lot of PT getting my back to where I could walk again. And slowly but surely I started to lose that fat from what I learned, you know, dialing my nutrition, my routines, my habits, and eventually getting to the point to where, you know, I could start lifting again uh, in a proper way. Mm. So I went to the university of Arkansas uh, for my freshman year of college. And during that time, I see, I always knew that college wasn't really for me, but because of the society norm that we all have to go to college to be successful, that's what I did. Cause I didn't know what else to do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I ended up going, I ended up joining a fraternity, you know how that goes. And, um, that's actually when I started my first business was in college. I was called Mind Body Health. And Mind Body Health was primarily 
an online business for fitness and nutrition. Um, so actually I ran that, hired my first mentor named Zach Colburn. Zach helped me scale that up to six figures, uh, ended up dropping out of college and then starting my second business, which is the trilogy method, which is what I do now. And we focus primarily on helping modern men with their mindset, um, their body, but also their lifestyle, right? So mindset being confidence, body being health and fitness and lifestyle being routines and habits. Mm. So that's what I do now. That's sick, dude. I love it. Yeah. I didn't actually go to college. I, um, when I was transitioning from high school, I had the option of either go to college. That's what my, like my mom was pushing me to do, but my dad was like, go into construction work and you can get college credits and you can start making money right away. And I was like, well, I don't really know what I like ultimately want to pursue. So I'm going to go into construction. Cause like, you know, it seems easy enough. It was physically demanding, you know, but it was just a very straightforward, simple route college. I didn't want to do more schooling and stuff. And, um, shortly after I ended up making like six, almost six figures in construction work, you know, and I was doing really well, but it was just like the hustle and grind, you know, of just like, that's what my dad was like. And he still kind of is today. He's obviously gotten a lot older, but it was like, you weren't, you didn't really like earn your money unless you were really grinding and like sweating. And then you like really earned your money for the day, you know? And it's like, now it's like, I can do a phone call and close a high ticket deal. And I'm like, <laughs> I didn't have to break a sweat, you know? It was just like a casual yeah. kind of like, hey, like let's do this, you know? And then do that. Or I've like learned automated course sales and stuff. And I actually did feel some kind of guilt around that just because it was like ingrained in growing up of like, like, I guess, I guess it was, I don't know if a guilt is the proper word, but just like it, it, it was easy. And like having a course come out in overnight and make a couple hundred bucks when like people spend a whole day to make a couple hundred bucks for themselves. And it's like, I was sleeping and I woke up and was like, holy crap. So yeah, that stuff is, it's pretty crazy. Um, but it, it kind of just ties into the, the topic of like fulfillment. And that was kind of the big driver for me leaving. And I feel like it may have been for you too, because we talked about this briefly before we started, but fulfillment is like the driving factor for both of us because like, you know, I mean, being a millionaire is great, but you don't technically need to be a millionaire to live like a really good life. And I think people overlook that. Um, what's kind of your take on fulfillment? How have you seen that in your life and other people's lives as well, just overall? Great question. Yeah. So tying back to what you said before, I actually really resonate with that a lot. Um, my father, you know, he owned like a construction company as well growing up. And so I've always seen him like literally working, you know, 14, 16 hours a day, yeah. six days, six days a week. Mm -hmm. And um, so it was almost kind of like, you know, you can, you can take a call or, you know, make a, a high ticket deal for two or three K in an hour. And more, it's almost more, like, more too. <laughs> I remember my first 10 K deal. I was like, holy shit, did that just happen? <laughs> like, yeah, it's wild, man. And so there's like that subconscious guilt, I guess. It's like the closest thing to it, but it's almost like you feel kind of weird growing up around that and seeing that. And then, you know, you get to sit in a nice AC room on your desk with your ring light and your microphone. Yeah. Send out know. a couple emails, make some money. You're like, what the heck is this? Yeah. What a time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, with fulfillment, ultimately, I actually had a great conversation with uh, my guy, Bobby Hobart today. 
don't know if you know him. He's got a, he's got a pretty big social media presence. And we were chatting about fulfillment and especially here in Southern California, it's very materialistic. Hmm. Everyone is just chasing money, 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 you know, the next car, next, this, next, that. And it's so easy to get lost in that and lose sight of why you started what you're doing. And that's something that I've realized recently is the most fulfilling day for me is wake up at six, do my morning routine, eat, go work out, you know, start my day at 11, end at five, go catch a sunset with my friends or go on a date. Like that is my perfect day. I could do that every single day. Mm-hmm. And that's so fulfilling to me. And I don't believe that the exchange is almost worth it to make millions and millions and millions in exchange for that stress and time. Because, you know, I've got lots of friends that are seven figure, even a few eight figure earners in my circle. I'm nowhere close to that, but I see the amount of work that they put and the stress that they're under. And that doesn't sound very fulfilling to me, at least. I think 30K per month is a good point to maintain. And um, I truly think 30K per month is what I thought 10K per month is. <laughs> mm, the feeling? Yes. It's, you know, it's more than enough to provide for your, you know, your needs and even your wants. But you also have the freedom to, you know, invest for the future and do what you want. Mm-hmm. So that's what I believe for me, at least here in Southern California is, you know, kind of the, the baseline that I'm shooting for. Sure. Totally. No. Yeah. And the thing is that like I was in uh, some, some, I read YouTube comments a lot. It's great customer research and uh, they're just intriguing because I find little pieces of gold all the time, but I forgot what the video was, but someone said like, you know, like I don't need to be a millionaire. I just want to be able to like support myself and my family like financially and have a good time. And everybody was just like harping on him. Just like, so you want to be a millionaire? Like you have to do that. And it's like, I mean, you don't because I was like, you look at these people's profiles too. And like, they have zero subscribers, just like a hater basically. But like, I mean, you're saying if you're making 30, 40 grand per month and that was like your baseline, like that you wouldn't be able to support yourself and like the people you care about and like have a good time. (laughs) It's like, bro, that's not even half a mil. Like, come on. So it's, it's pretty wild. Um, what is possible. I think people do kind of overlook that and people chase the money more than the fulfillment piece, which is a big piece of what I love helping people with, um, which is like using automations. And I do help people earn the income. And I stress this, but like I was a productivity coach before I started doing online business. And that was when I first started learning about automated course sales. And I was like, this is productivity, like being able to sell something and grow your income without you having to actively be working. I was like, that's like the ultimate epif- like epitome of productivity. And um, it's cutting the work hours down because I only work about 20 hours a week on my business. And, you know, it, it's just like, you, you know, I think that people work more hours than they really need to. I mean, you have the, your friends who are doing like multi-million dollars per year and they're hustling. But I'd rather be the guy who is earning like a couple six figures, working 20 hours a week. Yeah. And like chilling and like yeah. taking care of my friends and family and having a good time and living just a simple lifestyle than being that person working 80 hours a week, making millions, you know, 100%. And I feel like it's so easy to get lost 
in the number because first it's 10, then it's 20. And, you know, I'm, I'm not at 30. Um, in fact, you know, that's, that's a goal, sure. um, but it's so easy to get lost in that, you know, 10, 20, 30, uh, you know, 50, a hundred a month, like whatever. When in reality, the point of a business is to buy back your time. It should be, <laughs> but, or, yeah. Yeah, but, but the freedom. Yeah. People, people start it and they almost have, I'm actually reading a really cool book. I don't know if you've heard of it. The E-Myth. Have you heard of that book? I've heard of that. Yeah. yeah. So I've heard about it for so long and someone gave it to me a long time ago. It's on my tiny little bookshelf back there. Um, but yeah, it's the E-Myth revise or revisited, but I was reading through it and he's just like talking about like the different stages of an entrepreneur and like people are good at a certain task, like baking, for example. And then everyone's like, you should just open a bakery. And then they open the bakery thinking they're going to crush it and put all this money into it. And then it's like, they're good at the baking piece, but not all the business stuff. And they're, be, they're acting as a technician is what he calls them. Where like, if you work for a company, you're a tech, you're a technician. Cause you like do the technical work mm -hmm. um, and you can be really good at it. But when you become a business owner, it's just a different approach. And I feel like a lot of people start businesses and the barrier for entry is very low for like an online business, like coaches and whatnot. And the earning potential is unlimited really. So it's really intriguing. And then the, they'll create this other job for themselves. So we have to really think strategically about like what we're doing in a day to really focus, I think on the things that do move the needle, but are actually necessary. So what have you kind of done in terms of running your business to, to do anything like that? I don't know how many hours you work, but like, I'm sure you geek out on productivity because you're a business owner. <laughs> and um, what, what do you do to kind of like, I guess, prioritize the fulfillment stuff, like hanging out with your friends, knowing when to shut off from work and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Great question. So I'm all about like routines and habits. Mm. Like that is my shit. I love it. And so the perfect day, I think I described it a little bit ago. Um, but after my workout or sometimes before I'll put an hour of on the business work. So during that time, that is creative work trying time to get in my creative flow without meetings, without creating content, no social media, just like focusing on the business. Hmm. Um, so that's something that I make a key point to do every single day to push that needle forward. Instead of working in, it's working on. And then typically I have my team meeting at 11. And then usually I'll start client meetings, sales calls um, at like typically like 12 to like five or six. Then after that, it's usually a hard stop and I'll go to the beach or go on a date, you know, hang out with my friends, do something that I want to do. Right. You know? I think, well, that the, the key phrase there, I think is the hard stop because yeah. people, yeah, people just don't have that. I talk to people all the time and I'll work with people and they're like, I'll just keep, I'll keep grinding, man. Keep grinding. Like it's some badge of honor. And I'm like, dude, stop, go hang out with your family. Like <laughs> go on a date, you know, like get out of your little, your little like hole that you're in. Um, I'm fine with like working, you know, but what's interesting too, is like, I'm the same, like habits, routines, um, productivity for sure. I time block my whole calendar and I work for about five hours each day because after that I start to lose my, my focus, you know, I mean, I could, I could work longer, you know, but I just, I'm not performing at like that peak after about five hours of consistent, just like focus. Then I'm like, all right, I did what I needed to do. And I focus on the specific tasks, et cetera. But yeah, once that time block hits the next one for me, it's work. The next time block is family and friends. 
and it's like two times the size of my work block. <laughs> so it's just family and friends. And then the biggest one is my sleep, obviously. But in that time, having the actual physical time blocks on my calendar really helps me to kind of know when that barrier is. And I'm in that time and it's all color coded and stuff because I nerd out on color coding. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I've noticed too, I don't know what it is, but even some entrepreneurs have, it's kind of like this, uh, <laughs> no better term for it than like this pissing contest of getting less sleep yeah oh yeah you know like i only slept four hours last night i'm grinding 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 it's like okay that's terrible for your focus and your productivity yeah like that doesn't make sense no that's like that badge of honor kind of stuff for yeah. sure yeah. yeah and yeah I, I hear people doing that and well the other thing too is that um even thinking about like a lot of companies and i think this really ties into the whole fulfillment piece which is why i'm we're going off on this tangent but it a lot of companies in like Europe, I heard in Sweden, I can't recall which company, but they cut their work hours from eight hours to six hour days and their productivity went through the roof because they shortened the work day. Because you think, I mean, we're all guilty of this. When you go to a job and you have an eight hour work day, are you truly productive for eight straight hours? No, no. Right. Like people go on their computers or they go on their phone or go like, like hang out in the bathroom to get away from people. Um, so I think that as entrepreneurs, we kind of have to create those schedules for ourselves because like you don't show up and be told like, here's what you're going to do for today. And you're like, okay, I'm going to go do that. You're like, I have to make up what I'm going to do today. How am I going to find like my next client or what am I going to do? Am I going to build a system or a product or something? Like what am I working on and have to be able to like manage yourself in that way on what you're actually doing. But it, it ties into like Parkinson's law where if you cut your work hours down, Parkinson's law states that uh, work expands to fill the time allotted for it. So the example mm -hmm. is like in college, if uh, your professor gives you an assignment and says you have a month to complete this, you're probably going to milk it for the whole month and then do it last minute. Most people, there's those, those one-off people that I never was where they do it first thing and just chill for the month. Right. Um, but most people like they're going to spread it out or they're going to do it all last minute. But if he came up with the same uh, assignment and he said, you have until tomorrow to do this or next week, you would still get it done in the shorter time just because there was a shorter amount of time. So just by like, giving ourselves shorter amounts of time to do work, we can be more focused with that because like tying into the fulfillment piece, like it, it sounds like you and I are on the same page. Like we don't want to be working all the time. We have joy in the work that we do. I love working with clients and talking to people and whatnot and building products. But like, yeah, there's other things that, you know, the business is designed to serve us to do those other things. Yeah. And I, I do think that everyone's different. I do also have some friends that get a lot of fulfillment from working from like seven to like 1 a.m. Crazy. And these guys are just monsters. I guess it's just not me. <laughs> <laughs> it's not me either. And that's okay. But I think it's just a matter of uh, knowing yourself and kind of seeing where you get your fulfillment from. Yeah. Ultimately. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, curious if you had to, if you had to start your business over again from scratch, knowing what you know now, what would you do differently? See, that's a great question because I actually created a new offer like last November. So I basically did start from scratch. Um, something that I did do differently was I created a group right away, like a community group. 
And this works specifically for coaches. This is a very good method for lead generation. Um, what you can do is put your current clients in with leads. And we use Discord, for example. So inside of that Discord, the clients share their wins. Everyone's hyping it up. And that warms the leads up mm. in the process. So it's like this awesome community that's you know free. And you can have a separate members channel that's locked. Um, but that, that is one thing that I would have implemented a lot sooner is growing that community basis because business is all about relationships. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the more, the bigger your community gets, the more people you impact, the more money you make ultimately. Right. So free group, you nurture people. How do you keep that group alive? Cause I know a lot of people, they'll start like a Facebook group or some sort of community and then it just like dies out or they may get like one like on their posts inside the group and stuff like that. Do you find that using discord is a, just a better like platform in general or how often are you inside the group, etc.? Yeah. Great question. So I think that discord is honestly the new upcoming wave for the next few years. Um, I think Facebook groups, I mean, I know some people that have a lot of success on them. Mine didn't never got, that big to be honest mm. because i feel like with facebook groups it's almost like it's more professional you've got to like think about what you're going to type you know before you make a post etc and everyone's going to see it but on discord everyone it's kind of like a, like a group chat mm. everyone's just connecting you know one guy has a problem another guy answers it inside of that channel and it's so cool because then they have that connection and maybe that first guy was a lead and the other guy was a client that's helping him out. And he's like, wow, this community is amazing. I need to get in this. And so I do believe that discord works better, at least for my business model. Mm -hmm. Um, just because it's a little bit more open communication. Um, I think it's a little more fun as well, to be honest. That's yeah. Well, that ties into that fulfillment piece. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's rad. Um, what would you say to someone who's thinking about, I mean, starting a business, if you can't think of it universally, but let's say they wanted to start like a fitness business, uh, similar to what you started in the beginning. Uh, or I guess even with your like the men's kind of overall coaching business, what would you say to someone who's thinking about getting started? How can they find their first, let's say three clients? Not one, because like one can feel like, oh, I kind of just like got lucky. But I feel like three is is the number where it's like, okay, I've I actually have something going for me. So what what kind of advice would you share? I feel like I feel like for uh, for any type of coaching, high ticket offer, fitness, mindset coaching, life coaching, productivity coaching, um, whatever. There's five aspects. First one's marketing, which is content. Second one's legion. Third one's sales. Fourth one is client fulfillment. And the last one is scaling or ascension. If you're just getting started, it's going to be the first four. And so I would say, first off, read 100 Million Offers by Alex Hormozzi. Great book. I would say that is that is your first task. Read that, define who it is exactly that you want to serve and what your offer is. Because without that, there's really no point. Um, I will... Yeah, that's that, that, that'd be the first task, to be honest. So read that book, define who, what avatar you want to serve, who it is you want to work with, and what your offer is. After that, um, I'd say 
look for three people that you want to emulate their content. You like their style and you can start creating marketing content for your offer towards that avatar based on the type of content that you like mm. and you want to emulate. Um, so, I mean, that's kind of like the back end work. Then getting the first three clients would be more of lead generation, which is that second aspect. And I'd say for that, I mean, you could get three clients really just by starting messages with people, mm. you know, find out um, their goals, right? Build rapport, find out their goals, see what they're struggling with, and then give them some sort of value on a call. So offer, um, say, hey, man, say for fat loss. Hey, man, you know, I know exactly where you've been. I've lost 50 pounds myself. Um, I'd love to help you see where you're at. Are you free to hop on a call for 10 minutes? Sure, absolutely. Hop on a call, give them some advice. You know, they're grateful that you just helped them on the spot and they want to work with you further. That's generally how it works. Right. That's a law of recipro reciprocity. Yeah. You, know, you totally. give something, they want to give something. Um, so that's what I'd recommend is start off just sending organic messages. Typically warm is what you want. People that you know um, and people that look like your ideal avatar. And then start the conversation, build rapport, find their goal, struggle, maybe their motivation, then offer that call to help. Once they want your help, then you close them on that offer. Mm -hmm. That's very basic. You can get, you get three clients a month doing that if you're yeah. grinding at it. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's always fun to hear people's different answers because people say essentially the same thing in just different ways where, and it's like my little formula that, that I use that just makes sense for me because I've done the cold DMing and hired a lot of people and tried a lot of different things. And it's my three like little word mantra is to connect, inspire, and invite. So you like connect with people, you inspire them to see something different or to see themselves like being able to do something different and have a new result. And that, you know, connecting can be just them discovering you for your content, sending out a message, inspiring them as you like getting to know their situation. It's kind of the connection piece too. Um, but if you hop on like that quick 10 minute call and they, you help them, you solve their problem, just like support them in some way or give them a free guide or resource that is helping them with the, whatever that problem is and like having a genuine care for them, then they're like, wow, that was, that was cool. You didn't just try and like cold DM me like a straight to a pitch, you know? And then when they, they get to know you a bit more, they start to trust you a bit more. And then maybe they use the guide, you connect later, you can book another call right there. Um, yeah. And then that's, that's the invite piece. So I feel like a lot of people, they have insecurity. So they just connect and inspire. They connect with people and help them. And they're like, okay, like, bye. And it's like, all right. But they never invite them to right. the next step. And always having that next step is huge. That's something I learned from a a mentor of mine too. And then there's the people who just like connect and invite. And those are the people that just like cold DM you like, Hey, you know, like some copy paste message. Here's my pitch. And you're like, I don't care. You know, it's not going to do anything because you didn't inspire me in any way. Right. Absolutely. I love that. Yeah, man. Cool. We're going to start to wrap this up. I'd love to hear from you. Is there a quote that you love to live by? Or something, I'd, you know, you can have multiple ones, but is there one quote that you kind of come back to and it just like almost guides your life to just reach a new level? 
So there is a quote that I heard recently, and this quote has lit a fire under my ass. So I will, uh, I'm still learning it. So let me find it for you. Fair enough. While, while we're waiting, there's a great one that I heard years ago, and it always stuck with me as soon as I heard it. It's by Howard Thurman, who was a mentor to Martin Luther King Jr. And he said, don't do what you think the world needs. Do what makes you come alive. Because what the world needs are more people who've come alive. Mm. And I, yeah, that was the same reaction. I was like, damn, like that was sick. <laughs> And it's so true. And that's kind of, I think that what ties into that fulfillment piece too, where like, you know, if you, if you love and it really makes you come alive, just like the hustle and grind and that genuinely, you're not just kind of saying that it does, but like, if that does, you know, then do what makes you come alive, set that example. But I think just leaning into those things that make us come alive is, is something huge. And like, if something's not making me come alive, be it a client or, you know, a path that I'm taking or strategy I'm implementing. And I'm just like, it just doesn't like cold DMing. I was like, this does not make me feel alive. I feel like I'm being a nuisance. And I was, then um, <laughs> I stopped doing it, you know? And then I found a different way that did make me come alive and everything became a lot easier. Did you find the quote? Yes, I did. So this is called The Man in the Arena by Theodore Roosevelt. So let's see if this version is the same. All right, it says, it is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out the strong man's stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust, sweat, and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs and comes short again and again because there's no effort without error and shortcoming. But who does actually strive to do the deeds? Who knows great enthusiasms, great devotion, and spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who never know victory nor defeat. And that's it's sick. Kills. Yeah, that's sick. Yeah. yeah, there's a great book. Um, kind of reminds me of by uh, Price Pritchett. It's called. Well, I was going to say it's called pursuit. It's called U squared, but the word he like emphasizes around everything is pursuit. And just like, you could think about your dreams all you want, but if you don't just pursue it, then like, it's not really going to manifest. And it's like, that's so true. Like it boils manifestation and goal achievement down to like 30 pages. But I love that. It just reminds me of that, of just like pursue. And as you go down the path, the steps get revealed to you. Like the work is going to teach you how to do it. Yeah. Absolutely. It, it tells me at least that it's always better to try and fail than to not try at all. And you're always going to have critics that are the spectators, but at least you're in the arena giving your all. Right. So pertains to life. I love it. I love it, man. Uh, my man, where can people find you? Where can they connect you? What's the best place to? Yeah. So Instagram is my main platform. It's Cooper B. Heller. Okay. Uh, C-O-O-P-E-R-B-H-E-L-L-E-R. And yeah, shoot me a DM. I'd love to chat with you guys. Thank you so much, man. Cool. Yeah, we'll put links down in the description or the link down in the description so you can connect with Cooper. Um, yeah, if you're trying to, get, trying to get ripped for summertime, hit up Cooper. Trying to just live a more fulfilling life, hit up Cooper. Cool, we got you. Uh, take one thing that you learned from here, one piece of insight, and then implement it this week. Um, 
that's all I really got for you. We'll see you in the next one.